الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا عاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلبات الله وسلامه ولا أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جاءت سهلة وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلة اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Radio folks, so alhamdulillah, it's good to be back in Shidal until I walked in and see 26,000 kids. And as you know, I'm allergic to kids, like big time. I have no idea what they're all doing here. But apparently I've been told that they are here for a competition, five nights, and you win a trip in, to Dubai for five nights or something. <laughs> but it might as well be, because that's what it feels like. What's the age cutoff? So this is what I really want to find out, what the age cutoff is. Because you guys know that I ain't interested in kids under the age of seven. And I can see a little load of brats handy here, at least five threes, twos, fours. And we don't know what that's all about. So I've been apologized to, which I've accepted with good grace. La la, alaikum salam. La la, could you just come to 12, la la, at least? Don't hide that figure, you know? So the chief has just walked in, he's looking good. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Anyway, we ignore the kids because there's a lot of ronak in the message. It's not because of the kids. It's because Marina is here. Even though Yanni, she's looking Yanni, very angry and very depressed. But that's okay. Nice to have Masjabeen here, mashallah. I'm glad that you brought your kids as well, mashallah. Tabarakallah. And who else is here? Who else is Dr. Shahzad has made an appearance after what? Six months? Two weeks. Two weeks. Three weeks. Shut up, was you here three weeks ago? We didn't even have a lesson here three weeks ago. Did he? Was he here? Yeah, and I seen someone in the masjid I haven't seen in at least two, three years, and that's Hamad. Huh? No, no. Alhamdulillah. When was the last time you came to this masjid, bro? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Is that Sadaf I see there? How are you doing, Sadaf? You're right. Is your partner in crime here? No, it's quiet. So obviously she can't be. Yeah? Lutz is not here. Lutz has been dumped at home, yeah? I would have thought Lutz has been trying for that five night prize. Yeah, I hope she's listening, yes. Yeah, yeah, I hope you're listening. Yeah, Lucy, yeah, put you amongst the kids. That's what I just did. Right, it's good to see Dr. Monty here. It's good to see it's good. a lot of people here, mashallah, tabarakallah. Mashallah, tabarakallah. Rahman. All right, so what's changed in the last week? We've had a new political party since I've been away. Not yet. Not yet. What do you mean, not yet? Technically, not yet. No. It needs to be registered or something? Definitely. Not a party yet. Not a party yet. Ajib. Well, there you go. I thought it was done. I thought that would have been the first thing they'd do is register it. Uh-huh, they're trying to maybe okay to you again. What else has happened since we've gone? The roads have got better outside. Yeah, uh, make sure that, you know, uh, from tonight onwards they start that work. Yeah, So everyone who's coming for Isha normally, Thursday, Friday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then this whole week, uh, Isha is going to be disrupted. Yeah? So make sure you come five minutes early. And next week uh, the lesson will be disrupted, meaning that you just need to add five minutes. Fajr isn't affected, and it's just uh, Isha time. And then all of this, uh, this junction as well. If you're thinking of going around that way as opposed to down Wimbledon Road, it won't make any difference because they're working now on this side. So just keep that in mind. Um, other than that, I was in Pakistan. MashaAllah, Pakistan was great. That was great. Home was great. Kebab was great. I jumped the kebab. Made a video about it as well. I'm gonna, um, and I also made a video about... Uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write an email. I haven't written an email for a long time for the LP list. And I'm going to write an email. I'm going to put a link to the video. Because you know, all this time we've been speaking about clods. Wallahi, I was walking, literally just walking, right, in the bazaar. And I looked to the left and I couldn't believe it. 
a whole shelf full of clods. Now a lot of you are looking at me still thinking, what's a clod? That does not make me happy at all. You should be thinking and exactly, I know what a clod is. A clod is, what did we say it was in Urdu? What did we agree? Did we agree on a word? An Urdu word? Cam is looking at me and thinking, you know what? I have no idea what a clod is. We're Bengali, we use water. <laughs> what an announcement. Forget, forget number plate. He goes, anybody's tail, a rav, whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Old school is, whoever's car is, PV23, get out. Can you move your tail or whatever it is from the car park? That's it. Sick line. Right, so Alhamdulillah. By the way, you know, just so that you know that this has been my life for the last two weeks. Like, you see this here? You'd be thinking, what on earth has got this on? Because I haven't taken it off for two weeks, that's why. I've been asleep in this, waking I'm making wudu with this. Just so that you know. It is so cold in Pakistan right now, in the northern areas. When I say cold, it's not that cold. I mean, I've been cold. I mean, and you can't get warm in it because, you know, we're in a go, we're in a bend, isn't it? We've got normal, normal houses. Not like Dr. Saab, who lives in a palace, mashallah, by the way, Dr. Saab looked after me, bro. I just want to say, I just come back from Pakistan, isn't it? Yeah? And I was, you know, that Mehman Nawazi is a, ah, uh, that's it, Lala. Go on, come on, put it, put the volume up, put everything up. <coughs> What's the point of the video volume, Lala? Okay, good, good, good point. Yalla. Everybody watch this video, yalla. Are they watching, they can see it online? All right. All right, so what I'm saying now is I'm walking through the bazaar of Mingawara. This is a masjid. This is my attempt to show it's a masjid. Complete fail, of course. Yeah. So this is the shelf I walked past. And it's already broken up into pieces. This is a clod. Okay, this is a clod. These little kind of clods. Yeah, but that's a big clod, obviously. And I'm trying to indicate to you its texture. So I'm showing you that it's very dusty in surface. Yeah, on its surface. And that is obviously quite a, quite well, it's not big. That's about the normal size you choose to, if you're going to clean your backside with it, I mean. Yeah, and if you're going to just do it for, you know, number one, then it would, don't, doesn't need to be any bigger than that. Obviously, I made a mistake in the video saying that this is the one I'm using as an example. I said, this is great for number one, and if you're doing a number two, you'd use the corners. Now, obviously, you're going to get killed if you use the corners of that one. <laughs> yeah, so you wouldn't use that particular one for the, for the thingy, because you would die. You'd have hemorrhoids, cuts and everything, and, it, and a clean backside. So, uh, that's the, uh, obviously the key is the absorbent, or the absorbent na nature of the thing. If you actually remember now on a serious note, we were speaking about the fiqh of the area. The thing's got to be uh, soft and absorbent. The area's got to be soft and absorbent. This is the first, by the way. I'd like to go back and show that again. I uh, reverse it back a little bit. I never seen an outdoor, back, back, oh, come on, yeah, I'll get some drama. All right, pause it there. I never seen an outdoor, now, by the way, in our area, I don't know about the rest of Pakistan, but certainly KPK, Swat, you know, uh, uh, Sarhad region, right? Uh, the vast majority of masajid that have a toilet outside is an open toilet, meaning you go to the toilet in front of everyone. Now, when I say in front of everyone, they only see obviously your back. And the reason why our shalwars, um, our kameezes are the way that they are, split at the side, right? is so that it becomes very easy to do exactly that, to go to the toilet. So if you're going to the toilet, um, first of all, you will be facing a wall so no one will be able to see you from the front, okay? And even if you have 
obviously expose yourself to go to the toilet, people are only seeing you from the back. No point even arguing, is no point, no point. But I'm a rock. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm a rock. The problem is I'm that kind of rock. That's the problem. One that soft and crumbles and... Anyway, so... No, 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 no. What was I saying? Before I was rudely interrupted. Huh? Oh, yeah. So they're facing the wall, so you can't see anything. Right? Okay. This is not for number two, by the way. Just so that you understand, this is for number one. Okay? To urinate. Okay? And you'll see the toilet just in a second. There was actually a guy who was about to step in. He's, there's two cubicles and he's actually urinating when I'm making this video. So I had to very kind of very quickly move away from him and focus on the empty urinal, right? So if you imagine, actually, I mean, men will know, obviously women won't, but I mean, men will know in our toilets. You have obviously the normal toilets, you have the urinals, yes? And everybody goes and stands, and in principle, there's a whole load of people there. Unless you get very close to the front side, you're not seeing their private parts, are you? And that's because they're wearing jeans, and they only uncover their private parts, and they go to urinate. Because these are now sit-down toilets, to sit down and urinate and only uncover the front part, okay, is difficult. You will expose a bit more. That's why the kameez itself of a uh, kind of pack-style kameez will cover your awrah from the back, so you won't be able to actually tell that they're even going to the toilet, per se. And because they're sitting down, it's actually not very exposing at all. It's just a place that you uh, ignore, and that's it. The, these things where there's a gathering of, of, uh, a gathering of things to, to use for your cleaning yourself is actually quite common. And because these places would never be used for a two, but only for a one, these are perfect. All right? But like this one is a bit different, and that's the first time I've actually seen toilet paper being... Yani there and available as well, right? That's quite progressive, considering it's a pain. The thing, considering that flipping brand new Islamabad Ganda, uh, it's not called Ganda, but it's got some dodgy name, Ganga or Gandaga, 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 Gangaga. You know the new international Islamabad airport, the one billion trillion pound airport that they've made. Its name is Islamabad Gangaga, Gangaga. Ganda, I'm calling a Gandaga, yeah? <laughs> International airport. Inside there, I went inside there. Their toilets are as bad as the previous ones. Like you would have thought that the one thing that they would have done is to fix the flipping toilets, yeah? Same. Rubbish. No toilet paper, by the way. I went straight in, came straight back out. I said to the, there's a cleaner and you know one of those guys who's, his whole job is to make sure, his whole day, he spends his whole miskeen day Going into the toilet, making sure it's clean and dry, and making sure there's toilet paper there. How on earth are you... By the way, he wasn't busy. Because when I walked in, he was just standing there holding his mop, yeah, and he just chilling. So I walk in, and the thing's empty. I go, Lala, what are you even doing here? He goes, one second. The special people, you only get out the special people. Only for the special, special people. people, that's right. You know that's he it. Clocks, he clocks you as soon as you walk in. He, he, he works out, you're the guy. English person. English guy. You look at him, and he'll just pause, and he goes, one second. One second, I'll, I'll sort you out toilet paper. And you want money in return? You're having a laugh, mate. You got a slap, that's what you got. Thought he was going to get a tip for giving me my toilet paper. Little did he know that Lala went to the lounge first and come out of a whole load of toilet paper because I knew that I'm going to go downstairs into the public toilets and I know there's going to be no toilet paper. So I went in with a whole load of expensive Marriott napkins. Six of them, you know, the thick ones, the ones that, you know, like a proper banda, yeah, experienced banda, like. 
Shut up. No, no, no. I get the biodegradable ones, thank you. I use the biodegradable ones. Shut up, you. Shut up. Anyway. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, toilets, yeah. So, this one, now you're going to see how the toilet works and how the drain works. What I just noticed, by the way, that we have our own masjid. My father built a masjid in my own village, the one that yani, we run and everything. We had these two toilets outside ours as well. For the first time, I noticed when we went just back to the pier, that they'd been broken up. So I said, why have they been broken? And they said that the smell was uh, affecting people. Now, I want to know what smell if they're not doing number twos. Or, dun, 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 they were. <laughs> so, best not to give people the option. As, as the chief has, you know, the chief has many famous sayings. One of his most famous sayings is, don't give people the choice. You know, you've got to be up the top level to understand the wisdom of the chief. When he says, don't give people the choice, he's not dumbing people down. He's basically saying, okay, maybe he's dumbing people down. But, he's just saying, you know what, just don't give them the choice. Then you won't have a headache. So if you give them a choice of even thinking that this is a possible place for number two, they're going to do it. Then of course it's going to stink, isn't it? Right, play the video. Watch this now. Right, that's the mashallah. Pause it there, pause it. Right, you useless packy. What was that? Oh my God. My God. Just go back and put your thing over the play button and hold it there like a three-year-old. Stop. A bit more. Stop. Right, here we go. Now, when we can get rid of the play thing. Okay, all right, all right, leave it, leave it. That's fine. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. So what you can see, if you put the cursor into the middle of the thing, it will go. All right, just leave it. Oh my God. Just lift it up higher, down in the middle of the page, away from the play button, and just leave it. Just take your fingers away. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, just wait. Why is it not disappearing? <laughs> okay, you just cut off half of my 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 urinal part, isn't it? Anyway, okay, you can you can imagine anyway. That's as you can see, a person is now sitting there facing that wall. He's urinating down that little slope. It's going into the old thingamajig, and then they and someone was saying, "Where's that stone go?" The stone goes right in. Not a problem because it's going to disintegrate. It's like mud. It's dried mud. It's not a stone, is it? It's not physical stone. You get what I'm saying, folks? No? I do, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's this hard coming out. No, no. This, and this is, by the way, this, by the way, just so you understand, this is at the entrance to the masjid. So, I want you to imagine that, then another urinal to the left of it, so that's two, and then a urinal gap, and the front door of the masjid. You are walking past my guy every single time you're walking into the masjid. And this is one in the bazaar, meaning it's mega busy. People in and out, in and out, no fixed jamaat times, you know, straight in, you know one of those kind of, you know, uh, massages. Anyway, there you go. There's a little bit of history, a little bit of uh, thingy for you. Play it then. What else did I show? Anything in interesting? No, that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's a store underneath. Bro, what is... No, I just for that guy who did that. Collecting all of that. It's not easy, isn't it? Collecting all the the, the clods. Anyway, that's enough, Lala. That's fine. I think we're done there. That's it. That's done. So, um, what else was I going to do and say? Anything else? Huh, I was saying that Mehman if you want some to be looked after and hosted properly, Dr. Saab does a great job in Karachi. I was picked up off the plane in the nicest possible way, I mean. And a guy came and said, are you Abu Isa? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. Took my bags. 
يعني put me through all the blags and moves and hooked up my this that Lala's hooked up Banda has يعني intelligence civil aviation officer يعني army god knows what Bakwasa is yeah he the guy was but he was the, the big guy Banda just smashed it bro so yeah Karachi was good fun band was fun we had a class you see that class by the way yeah did you see the setting of the class yeah what do you think of the setting very nice that was one person's house bro they're living their life in Karachi mate that's what that was a full on lecture theater inside the house bold in there thought right have some of that and they were sitting on seats no I guess Ben like on the floor like this each one's like an armchair anyway so we had a good lesson and that's it we're back alhamdulillah right um, what is the other news I don't think there's any other news today's lesson alright I want to do two things number one I saw, I saw something Sheikh Walid wrote there's a new, new publication about a tafsir 24 volume tafsir that's been released which is basically a tafsir which only focuses on the athar so this is called tafsir al-ma'thur yani as-sahih Yani that which has been, yani every single statement that has been made by a companion concerning an ayah of the Quran. Now, yani in a joke, I said to Sheikh Khalid, I said, yani what's so new about this? Mama Tabri did this ages ago. If you actually look at Tafsir al-Tabari, a Tafsir al-Tabari is basically another version of that, right? But he does all of the Senate himself, all the checking himself, you know, all the hard work himself. So, but this is like a bit more wider than that, a bit more tahqiq being done. And so that reminded me, I mean, we, just, we, we, we you know, we're teaching this class and we haven't, we haven't done the, uh, we haven't done all this lot. We haven't done our own athar. We've covered quite a bit of content and we haven't even heard any companions doing this, companions doing that. So I thought I'd give you a quick yani, summary over the last couple of weeks of various actions. And you know that you find this stuff very interesting. Okay, so you'll find this one very good as well. So for example, all right, so this is uh, for the transcribing team. And if there's still any folks that who are willing to help in the transcribing, which means to help in just preparing the notes, lpnotetakers at gmail.com, just send something in. But regardless, yeah, and you can insert this content into the classes if you want. So for example, um, yeah, I don't even, I don't, I don't, I don't even know, actually there's so much gold here, I don't even know where to start. Like I'm getting like a kid in a shop, I don't know which one to pick. All right. But let's just actually just stick to, for example, Hamid radiallahu anhu, he said, and he is an Abi Hamid al-Tawil, he said that Anas radiallahu anhu, that when he would make sajda, he would ensure that he would not take up too much space. Okay? He would not take up too much space, meaning he wouldn't be, he'd keep his arms separate, but he wouldn't be spreading it out like, you know, I've got all the space in the world, so I'm going to take a lot of space. That is an athar sahih. And for example, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said, that the positions of no, that's not uh, that's not any. Uh, I think uh, so so interesting. Uh, for example, Ibn Abbas said that when you make sajda, then make sure that you put your nose down firmly because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala requires that from you. That's Abdullah ibn Abbas. That's narrated by Imam al-Baghawi, hadith on Sahih. And another interesting one, Abu al-Ahwas, okay, from the Tabi'een. He said that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud used to command us that when we used to make sajda, to place our elbows on the floor. 
You see that? Place our elbows on the floor. Hadith yani states clearly that it's not allowed. Our fiqh states clearly that's not allowed. This is something which is sahih. This athar is sahih. You now you now tell me how you deal with that. You can't. When the hadith are authentic, when the majority of the actions of the companions are authentic, sometimes you just have to accept that certain companions have their own opinion. Certain hadith don't reach all the companions. And you just got to take it in your stride. All right? And then we have another we have another hadith which is very interesting. And Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, annahu kariha. Listen to this very carefully. Annahu kariha. An yasjuda arrajulu mutawarrikan aw mutaja'a. Ibn, Ibn Mas'ud used to hate or dislike that a person would make sajda while mutawarrikan or uh, yani both of these phrases actually don't make any sense. Al-tija'a is something which is not related to sajda. Mutawarrik and tawarruk is not related to sajda. And then it is one of the salaf. Akhrajahu Abu Ubaid fil Gharib. Okay? Abu Ubaid is from one of the salaf, one of the imams of one of the imams of the salaf from the Atba'u Tabi'een. He said, he said that Waqawluhu Mutawarrikan. Yani just so that you're sitting here, now we're sitting here, all of you, fourteen hundred years later, we're all looking at each other thinking, how on earth do you make sajda mutawarrikan? Mutawarrik, by the way, I've explained it to you in some lessons before, I'm pretty sure. But it's when you sit down for salah and you know that we said this position. Yeah? Alright? This is what would you call this position? What we call this position when we're sitting down? We covered it in the last couple of weeks, man. Sitting on your left foot with your right foot up. My goodness me. Muftarishan. Iftirash. Goodness gracious. Right. Muftarishan. Right? And we said that. Why? Why is it Muftarishan? Why is it called Muftarishan? No. This is the right foot. This is the left foot. Why is it called Muftarishan? Like we literally covered this in the class. Correct, because this left foot is in contact with the farash, with the ground. Yes, so you're sitting on the left foot. So this is muftarishan. Tawarruk is when the left foot then comes underneath your backside, underneath yani, and comes out, sticks out your right hand side, goes underneath your right leg, and it comes out. You find it done in the fourth, third, and fourth rakah out of prayers. Okay. And your backside, your left backside cheek fits on the floor. You sit on the floor as opposed to before. You're sitting on your, your left foot. Now your foot goes under, so you're now sitting on the floor. We're going to cover this yani, next week or uh, in the next couple of weeks. But this, this position is called tawarruk. How do you do tawarruk in sajda? You don't. And as we're all confused looking for an answer, we look to the salaf and we see them also struggling with the same issue. And when they ask one another, Abu Ubaid said that, uh, what he does is he basically when he goes into sajda he keeps himself so tight that he's just like a complete unit and and the other way is to make a sajda so flat that your chest is touching the floor your sajda is so flat and so spread out that your chest is actually touching the floor and you leave, يعني, uh, uh, you know, it's just, you're just lying down. You know, like I gave the example, a person, he's so obsessed with trying to keep his back straight that he keeps going forward, forward and forward until he's stretching out, stretching out until he's like this. You know what I'm saying? And even Masood is indicating that it should be something يعني, in between that.
Um, okay, and anyway, there, there's 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 Subhanallah. Actually, I don't even know where to where to what to choose. But I, I find you something even even more interesting. An Ibn Umar, أنه كان يرفع يديه إذا رفع رأسه من سجدة الأولى. Now, when Abdullah ibn Umar used to come up from the first sajda, yep, to sit down, Allahu Akbar, he would lift his hands. And we know that. We said that two weeks ago, that there are athar that are authentic, which indicate the Prophet Sallallahu would, would do that. Those athar are not so strong, but from the Sahaba, we see the odd one here and there. This hadith has been narrated by Ibn Abi Shayba, and it is Sahih. And the uh, iqa'a that we, did, we discussed, was that last week's lesson? Iqa'at was last week's lesson, yes? I know that you guys don't even know what, a, what an online lesson is, but online, last week's lesson, we did Iqa'at, which is how to sit in between the two sajda. So when you're sitting in between two sajda, you sit like this. You can sit like this, yes? On your, on the balls of your feet. Yeah? So this part. And your, your toes are obviously, you know. So you're sitting like this? Yep. Yeah. Can you sit like that? That, would, that wouldn't be... You can sit like that. It's not haram to sit like that or to sit like your toes inside or outside or whatever. It's not haram. But I gave the example anyway, right? And the point is, is that that is something which a number of the scholars don't like, right? They said this is the the, the of the dog. Of course, we know it's not. I think I called it sitting on your haunches. We had a whole discussion about haunches, etc., etc., right? So anyway... Um, with respect to that, Tawus, who is Imam of Tabi'in, Imam of the Tabi'in, he said, Ra'aytu al-abadila yaka'un. Ra'aytu al-abadila yaka'un. This is interesting statement, subhanAllah. He goes, I saw the Abdullahs doing iqa'a. The abadila, abadila is the jama' of Abdullah. I saw the Abdullahs doing iqa'a. Okay, who are the abadila? Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Umar we've done already, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is the main one, we have one, one more missing, Abdullah ibn Umar al-As, yeah? Okay, right, so these are the four main ones, who are the two that sometimes make an appearance, and I say that because there are many Abdullahs, but when we say that there's a top, the top of them is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, so much so that he's known just by the word Abdullah. So in the Sunnah, if you have a hadith and it mentions the word Abdullah, you know immediately it's only referring to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud because he's the king of them, the imam of them, the senior of them, the alim of them, the faqih of them, the qari of them. Yeah? So that's Abdullah al-Itlaq. But when you say the Abadila, in, in principle you're referring to four key Abdullahs, the main. Abdullah ibn Umar, ibn Abbas, ibn Amr al-As, and ibn Mas'ud. However, you will see that sometimes in the decision of who is the four top Abdullahs, you'll see two other faces making an appearance. The most common of them? Huh? The most common of them? Who is the person who's going to best get a chance to break into this top four? No, nope, he's already in. Come on, folks. Guess. There's many Abdullahs. Have a guess. Oh, the pun. Okay, how many are there? How many others do you know, Abdullah? Abdullah ibn Zubair is one. Who else is there? Abdullah ibn Salam. Yeah? And let's just use these two. Out of these two, who is more likely to get into a top four? Ibn Zubair, correct. And the other one is Abdullah ibn Salam. Sometimes he makes it. Anyway, in this one, 
He goes, I saw the Abadilah ibn Umar ibn Abbas and ibn Zubair yaka'un. Okay, in his opinion, Tawus uh, uh, ibn Zubair, Abdullah ibn Zubair, he gets in. Okay, and he saw them making iqa'a, which is to sit like this in the actual salah between the two sajda itself. Okay, and um, and he also... Yeah, and then whenever hadith he saw the uh, 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 Ata, he said, Ibn Abi Rabah, he saw, I saw Ibn Umar in a, in a sajda, and I saw him doing that as well. I saw him doing that as well. Now, the today's section is all going to be about what happens after the second sajda. Okay? And so I'm going to come back to some of the interesting uh, uh, narrations after I've said what Sheikh Uthameen has said and after we do the notes. Okay? So today's Arabic starts here. We've, yeah, we've got new notes, folks. Okay, new notes, obviously, new section. Yeah, whatever the online old document, whatever that is, then you see the new one there. وَيَسْجُدُ أَثَانِيَ تَكَلْؤُولَ ثُمَّ يَرْفَعُ مُكَبِّرًا نَاهِضًا عَلَى صُدُورِ قَدَمَيْهِ مُعْتَمِدًا عَلَى رُقْبَتَيْهِ إِنْسَهُلْ ويصلي ثانية كذلك ما عدا التحريم والاستفتاح والتعوض وتجديد النية ثم يجلس ثم يجلس مفترشا ويداه على فخذيه يقبض خنصر اليمنى وبنصرها ويحلق إبهامها مع الوسطى ويشير بسبابتها في تشهده ويبسط اليسرى ويقول That's actually way too much because we're not getting there until for another two three weeks Okay, the, the translation then for what we need to know for this week and probably next week is that he then prostrates again like the first time. All right, so last week in Karachi we did the in between. All right, he then prostrates again like the first time. Then he stands up straight off the balls of his feet whilst uttering the takbir, depending only upon his knees if possible. He then prays the second like the first one, except that there's no tahrima. No istiftah, no ta'awwud, and no renewing of the intention. Okay, so the first raka'ah, okay, has been prayed. The second one continues and copies it, except that these are the differences. Okay, that's basically what our text is for today. Lala, are you, I didn't tell you in advance, but are you ready to go with the camera? Uh, I can do, it's not Yeah, it doesn't mess up the whole recording. Yeah, set it up, Yanni, and I'll start explaining Yanni a few things, and you can you can uh, uh, set up a thing. So, so this is now talking about what's happening afterwards. Now, what's very interesting, of course, is that what you're seeing here is a real straight up, Yanni, no messing about position of the Hanbali Madhab, even though the Hanbali Madhab is also, or Hanbalis rather, are famous for doing something different to what you see here. Okay, so he stands up straight off the balls of his feet, and I'm going to show you on the camera what that basically means whilst uttering the takbir, depending only upon his knees if possible. And then he prays the second like the first one. So the, 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 the second sajda is like the first, the second rak'ah is like the first, there's no tahrima. What's tahrima? What's tahrima referring to? I've decided now I'm not going to now translate the Arabic terms once we've covered them, I'm just going to leave it in the original Arabic in the translation. What's a tahrima? Allahu Akbar, it's the opening takbir. Alright, so there's no opening takbir again because you already entered into the salah. No istiftah, what's that? Subhanakallahumma athana, yeah, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. No ta'awwudh, a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. 
and no renewing of the intention. You do not need to remind yourself or anyone that you are still praying Dhuhr or still praying Maghrib. You've already done that. You're in the prayer. That's fine. Okay, so that part's straightforward. The real issue and discussion is about standing up. How do you actually stand up for the prayer? And the reason this is interesting is because we have different narrations from the Prophet So the Sheikh then says, um, so he, and he, to make sure that he, cross, he crosses obviously all the T's and dots the I's, he goes, so he pray, makes a prostration. This is at the top of page 133. He goes that you do exactly the same in terms of actions and statements in the second sajda as you did in the first. And that's referring to the actions and azkar. So you still say Subhana Rabbi al-A'la at least, and you add to that Subhanak Allahumma Rabbana wa bihamdik Allahumma aghfirli, and you add Subhuhun Quddusun Rabbul Malaikatu wa Ruh, and you make dua, and you make sure as much dua is done as possible because of the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, yani when you are in your sujood, then try your hardest to do as much dua. Because it is a very high chance. It is the highest possibility of you being responded to. Right? So this dua making process, as we, and we covered here in this class right here in Chido, in detail, the fact that, yani, that there are certain places in the prayer that you focus more on dua than others. And sajda is the most focused of them and the most open of them. Someone says, okay, uh, uh, what about the Qur'an? And I wanted to, the students who are studying in Arabic, I'm going to introduce you to a concept here. Um, we've already answered this question a number of times. Quran is not allowed to recite in the salah. We have a whole load of qiyam for that. Okay, and here is the time to focus on sajda. Okay, what if a person wants to do a Quranic du'a? We said safest, change the du'a by changing Rabbana atina into Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana. Nice and easy, now you're not reciting Quran. Someone might turn around and say, okay, well what is the minimum to, to what is minimum that's yu'tabar Quran? Is it a full ayah? Is it part of an ayah? And that's a discussion between the scholars that they're not yani, agreed upon. So then what if someone turns around and says, okay, I can't change the, uh, the Rabbana to Allahumma. For example, رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِغْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعَدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا وَهَبَ لَنَا مِلُدُنْكَ رَحْمَةَ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَهَابَ I want to use this dua, I'm feeling this dua, I, I have a need for this dua, and I want to say it. Can you say it? I think a couple of months ago I said that it is possible to recite this ayah in its complete beginning to end. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا Of course, is not a complete ayah. Alright? It's only part of an ayah. This is a complete ayah. Right? Uh, if you read this entire ayah, there wouldn't be any discussion that you've not recited Quran. You definitely have. But because, as I said to you a couple of weeks ago, months ago, whatever, that the scholars, some of them consider that if you recite a whole ayah with no intention of Quran but only dua, then inshallah it'll be okay. Now, what do we say in English? We say inshallah it'll be okay. When we say inshallah it'll be okay, a student has picked up that, you know what, my teacher's not clear or my teacher's not confident. Agreed? Normally they teach with confidence and they and you know and it's adab at the end when they when they when they when they present their opinion at the end they will say wallahu a'lam right and they'll do that out of not necessarily that i'm not too sure but out of respect and out of you know just adab but there is a phrase when scholars are not sure and they're making a gamble and you'll see that in the books of fiqh and the books of hadith and it's denoted by the statement Allahumma so yani, just so that you uh, uh, get a feeling I'm going to read the Arabic to you just so that you feel the flow of what Sheikh Uthameen is saying someone's asked him the question 
Is the Quran recited يعني, when you are in sajda? Al-jawab la. No. لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نهي أن أن يقرأ القرآن يقرأ القرآن وهو راكع. No, because the Prophet ﷺ was prohibited from reciting the Quran whilst he is in ruku or sajid, and he is in sajda. اللهم إلا إذا إذا دعا بجملة من القرآن أو الله other than if he is يعني using a dua from the Quran. اللهم is a way, is a style, is a style, right? Is it used in uh, colloquial Arabic? Have you ever heard that? Yani Masriyin ever make that in a sentence? In the middle of a sentence, not making dua, just say Allahumma. Kayf yani? Sarah, give an example. Is it used yani, to make an emphasis, to make yani, you know, make an exception? Give me an example. Think of an example you've heard mom say it. Give me an example you've heard someone say it. You give me an example you heard someone say it. Okay, but give me an example of what you would guess it would be used. All right. So, okay, that's a good example actually. What do you think Allahumma here means then? Right. Go on. Huh? Unless? Yani ka idha yani? Very low possibility. That's how it's used colloquially, you mean? Perhaps. Okay, then I'll ask a more difficult question. How is that meaning perhaps? What do you think? What has Allahumma got to do with perhaps? I was thinking about this earlier on today. Exactly that. I think I think that's exactly what it is. If you look at this, Allahumma illa idha da'abi jumlatin min al-Quran mithla rabbana la tuzik qulubana fahadha la yadur li'anna al-maqsud bihi ad-du'a. So he knows very clearly Allah has prohibited the recitation of the Quran in sajda. And he's about to now say, you can recite the Quran in the sajda. That's, what, that's the actual facts, yeah? He, he's just said, it's not allowed to recite the Quran in sajda, but you can if you're going to have the intention for dua. That's such a big shout. That's such a big statement and a risky statement. I believe that Allahumma, which is actually very common across literary Arabic, not just in Quran Sunnah, I mean across Arabic, Allahumma is almost like a statement saying that, oh Allah, just in case everybody here make it clear that it's Allah that's worshipped, I'm about to make a statement where Allah has already made a statement. Does that, make se- does, that make, does that make sense? I'm about to say something which Allah hasn't said, and oh Allah, I do that with knowing fully who's the boss here and who sets the law here, but this is my understanding that, that what you meant by that, Ya Allah, is that, the, you know, so you're making a big shout, you're making an assumption on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in Arabic, you'll find that, and a lot of people probably just go past it and thinking that he's just being doing a religious thing there. No, when you see Allahumma in the middle of, an, of a sentence like that, you know immediately that the scholar has a lot of doubt. There is not anywhere in the rest of that paragraph, neither in the beginning or at the end, where he indicates any doubt or uncertainty. It's only by his use of the word Allahumma that we know that he's not sure and that's his ishtihad and Allah knows best. 
And as I said before, if you change the Rabbana into Allahumma, yani that's a separate thing now, all right? Not Allahumma of this type, but just Allahumma in the place of Rabbana, that's safer. But if you didn't, I'm okay with that as well. I'm comfortable with what Shaykh Uthameen here has said, that if you're using it for dua, then it's okay. Anyway, the translation. What the, I, 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 okay. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. The translation is as there. What, what are we doing right now? Okay. Yeah, we're carrying on. Yes, you're here. So then he lifts up his head. Okay. Whilst he now says Allahu Akbar. And he comes up on the balls of his feet. Okay. And he stands up straight. If he wants Mu'atamidan ala rukbatayhi in sahun. Ya'ani, if he can't get up of his own knees, then he has other options. Like for example, push himself up. Are you ready or what's happening? Bring, bring it over. Let me give you an example. So, what we're talking about, what are we doing, Ismaila? So these are these are the boards of the feet, yeah. These these here. What, what's the name of this? What is the name of that? What is that? Monty, what is that? <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Monty. Thank you, Doctor Sal. Is there no other name other than the boards of your feet? Why am I having a heart attack every time I say that? Right. So obviously, if you're getting up from your your sajda, all right, this is what's intended by getting up by the boards of your feet. Happy with that? Yeah. Understand that? So when you're getting up by the balls of your feet, it basically means I'm in sajda and I'm getting up with the balls of my feet. That's literally what everybody does. You're comfortable with that, yeah? So the next thing is just one second. The the next thing is that I can hear that I've wrong rather. The next thing is now about the knees. So a person getting up, okay, he should get up like this, right? Without having to touch anything. That's the whole point. Okay? So, he gets up. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean, when I say don't touch anything, I don't mean that, I don't mean that he doesn't touch his, his bodies, his, his own body itself. So for example, a person might get up slowly, then you know that a person is doing that, right? He's touching his knees for support. He's resting upon his knees to get up. We have other ahadith very clearly stating the companion saw the Prophet ﷺ rely upon his fakhid, yani his thighs. So he does this, which is the thigh muscle. And then if you're doing it on your knees, then that's yani, a case of doing this. Which obviously, because it's harder, it's easier. There is nothing to indicate that a person has to not touch his body and get up like this. It's not a balancing act. yeah. And we have a hadith, for example, you know, that some of the Hanafis use, and they are, every single one of them are fabricated. All right? That... The one and that you get up like a bullet. No, you, you get up like a spear. Sahm. That a person gets up like a spear. So, you know, the idea is, is that the idea of spear is straight and fast and, you know, like that. So, the idea would be that a person gets up like that. There is nothing in the Sunnah that a person gets up that quickly. Is that clear, everybody? All right. In Sahul, if that is easy, now that's not easy. A lot of people who are older, people have knee problems, blah, 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 blah. 
And so therefore, it's about getting up then from the floor in a different way. Normally, it would be like this. Yes? Using your hands to lift you up. Or it would be here. Yeah, you're on, you're on your haunches now. And you lift yourself up. All of this is permissible and okay if there's a need. If there is no need, then you get up on your knees. Is that understood? Right. Other hadith indicate that the hadith of the ajan, which we're going to come to in a second, which indicate that you get up of your fists. Well, you wouldn't say knuckles, would you? You'd say your fists. Yeah? Like this. All right? So we'll speak about that in a second. I just want to show you what that would mean. Now, this fist movement, you're not going to get up off your fists if you're coming straight up from the sajda. Because it's not, it's not natural. Look, look what I have to do. You know, it's like a whole lot of delay. But you would do that if this is what you did. So now I'm coming up now from my sajda. Okay? I need to stand up. But I take a quick seat for a quick second. And now come up. So I've rested for a second or two. And now I'm standing up and I use my fists to help me get myself up. Alright? So I just want you to understand all of that context. Because we are covering what's known as Al-Jalsatul Istiraha. Which is the seating for rest. What does that mean? Okay? It basically means... Although we've not seen it indicated in the text at all. The text says you get straight up. Yeah? But we are about to now cover the issue of did the Prophet ﷺ, when he would make sajda, this is his first sajda, he stops, Rabbi Rabbi Allahu Akbar, Subhana Rabbi Al A'la, Subhana Rabbi Al A'la, Subhana Rabbi Al A'la. Allahu Akbar. And he's back into the second raka'ah. Did he ever do that? Did he ever stay seated or go into a seating position after the second sajda for a second or five seconds and then stand up? And the answer is unequivocally yes. 100% he did. And now let's discuss that. All right, okay. Any first any questions about getting up and all the rest of it? Okay, the rest we can explain. The fists are not only are allowed, there are some scholars that said, yani, it's a sunnah, let's cover that. Let's cover that now. Oh, elders can find any reason to kick off, Lala. <laughs> Did you see what Sheikh Abdul Fahd said yani, in the, after Salah? He goes, so all the kids yani, who are here for their prize go to the front. Did you hear what he said after that? All the elderly, because the elderly, that's what he said. Because the elderly are going to pray their sunnah. That's how accurate Sheikh Abdul Fahd is. You see that? Because you yani, young folks, you're in a bunch of waste of time, packing the fungi, yeah? Don't know what, what Sunnah is at all. No wonder they're kicking off. So let's look at this. Alright, let's look at the evidences. Chapter. This is a, a, a book that's a, a favorite of mine that has a thought from the companions. Chapter. Al-Julus عند رفع الرأس من السجدتين قبل القيام والاعتماد على اليدين. Subchapter. The seating or the sitting after lifting your head after prostrating two sajdas before standing up and resting up and using your hands your two hands i was with abdullah ibn mas'ud in the prayer 
I saw him stand up and he did not sit down at all. So he stood straight up. Hadith in Sahih. Okay. And Nu'man ibn Abi Ayyash, he said that I was with more than one of the I saw more than one of the companions of the Prophet and when they would lift their heads from the sajda, they would stand up and they would not sit down. That hadith is Hassan. And Ammar ibn Umar anhu, he said that I saw Abdullah ibn Umar lift his head from the sajda and he would st and stood straight up and stood straight up, okay? And Ubaid ibn, ibn Abi al-Ja'ad, rahimahullah, he said, Ali radiallahu anhu, he would stand up straight off the balls of his feet. Narration which is Hassan, also narrated by Ibn Abi Shayba. Wahab ibn Kaysan said that I saw Ibn Zubair radiallahu anhu, that when he did the sajda, he would stand up immediately off the balls of his feet. And Al-Mughir ibn Hakim, Annahu ra'a Abdullah ibn Umar. Look at this one. I saw Abdullah ibn Umar after the sajdatain that he went back and sat on his feet. He went back and sat on his feet. فَلَمَّنْ صَرَفَ ذَكَرَ لَهُ ذَلِكَ When he had finished the prayer, someone mentioned that to him. What happened, Ya Ibn Umar? He said, Innaha laysat sunnah. That is not the sunnah of the prayer. Wa innama af'alu hadha min ajli anni ashtaki. But I only did that because I'm having a bit of a problem at the moment. I'm having a bit of a problem at the moment. This hadith is collected by Imam Malik in the Muatta. If you've ever read the translation of the Muatta, then you'll find that in there. Okay? And it's narrated by others as well. And then we have another narration. I saw Abdullah ibn Umar that he stood up and he would he leaned on he leaned on he supported himself with his hands. So he pushed himself up off the floor of the hands. What have I just given you a a, a collection thereof? A whole array of of actions. Some relied on the floor, some didn't rely on the floor. Some went on the knees, some didn't. Some sat down for the Jalsalistraha, some didn't. That's just from the companions. What about from the Prophet? Well, Sheikh says, okay, that, and this is him now reading from page 134. He says that um, when you stand up from the sajda, when you stand up from the second sajda, you stand up in reverse order. So everything comes up, comes up off the floor like you went down. So the first the forehead, then the nose, then the hands, then the knees, and then the feet, you are obviously standing on them. So this is how you will come up in that exact order. And that is what is sunnah according to the author. However, however, Sheikh says, but in this mas'ala, we have a famous difference of opinion between Ahlul Hadith and Ahlul Fiqh. And this is very important for you students of knowledge to focus on. He did not say between the scholars. He said between Ahlul Hadith and Ahlul Fiqh. And by that, what he's indicating is that the scholars who are specialists in hadith, they have a certain opinion. And the scholars who are scholars of law, the general scholars, the scholars of jurisprudence and fiqh, they have a different opinion. And these can be summarized into three positions. The first of them, for al-awwal, 
The first one is that you get straight up, there is no sitting down at all, and that's the position of the Hanbali Madhab. That's correct. It's the position of the Hanafi school. That's correct. It's the position of the Maliki school. That is correct as well. That is يعني, what is the correct position of the majority of the scholars. The second position, you must always sit down. Mutlaq means in an absolute sense. You must always sit down. Sawa'un. Yani, it doesn't matter whether you need to sit for that sitting or not sit for that sitting. I.e. a young person will do the same. Has nothing to do with age or illness or whatever. It is ibadah. Yajlisu ta'abudan lillahi azza wa jal. Meaning that you are doing it as an act of ibadah, hoping for a reward from Allah. You are copying it, not because you need to, but because you saw the Prophet sallallahu do it, and you want to do that as well. Wahada and this is the position of the majority of the people of hadith so when you're looking at the bukharis when you're looking at the ahmads when you're looking at the yani the muhaddithin fuqaha if you like this is their position and it has been authentically narrated from imam ahmed that he did the same i will quote to you in fact that imam ahmed he said Uh, what did he say? Aywa. And Ibn Hani, Ibn Hani is one of the Imams who wrote one of the Masail of Imam Ahmed. I want to introduce you to a concept called the Masail of Imam Ahmed. There are a number of top, top students of Imam Ahmed and scholars around him who would write books that were called questions that were asked to Imam Ahmed, like a Q&A, right? And he was one of the first early scholars that had that done around him. And there are a number of different versions written by different scholars. And one of them is the one that is written by Ibn Hani, okay, himself. And uh, in it, you just find, you know, he's asked various questions like, you know, there's a baker who does this, there's a ruler who does this. If I, you know, like random questions, they're very, very useful. So he says in that, Ra'itu Ababdillah, we know Ababdullah, of course, is Imam Ahmed, yeah? ربما يتوقع على يديه إذا قام في الركعة الأخيرة وربما استوى جالسا ثم ينهض وهو اختيار إمام إسحاق بن راهوي فقد قال في مسائل المروزي مضت السنة من النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أن يعتمد على يديه ويقوم شيخا كان أو شابا يعني uh, basically uh, Ibn, Ibn, Ibn Hani he says that I saw Imam Ahmed sometimes that he would get up using his hands and sometimes he would sit down and relax and then he would stand up. And this was not just followed by, this is not just Imam Ahmed's position, but Ishaq ibn Rahway as well, who's one of the major Imams of Hadith too, and so on and so forth. So that's their position. You do it all the time. There's a third position. Imam Sheikh Uthameen says, it's a middle position. This is how he claims it to be. He goes, this is depending upon the situation. He goes, if the person is needing to sit down, then... Yani he can't basically get up without taking a rest or getting himself together. Then he sits down and it becomes an act of ibadah as well. But if he can get up, then he shouldn't then sit down. That is also yani a position of ibadah as well because he's knowing that I can get up, so I should get up. If he knows that I can't get down, then you know what? That's what the Prophet ﷺ did because he couldn't get up, so I'm going to stay seated as well. And then I'm going to get up in a second. I get the reward for it. It's basically taking the best of both worlds. And Sheikh Uthameen says that this was the position of Sahib al-Mughni, who is Ibn Qudama. 
okay, the main scholar of the Hanbali Madhab, wa Ibn al-Qayyim, Jawziyyah, okay, remember by the way, when we say Ibn al-Qayyim, it's Jawziyyah, or Ibn al-Qayyim, al-Jawziyyah, you don't say Ibn al-Qayyim, al-Jawziyyah, that doesn't make sense, all right, when you're talking about Ibn al-Qayyim, the famous one, you just say Ibn al-Qayyim, al-Qayyim, or you say Ibn al-Qayyim, al-Jawziyyah, or if you say Ibn al-Qayyim, you take off Alif Lam and you say Jawziyyah, that's just as, uh, the, the correct yani, way of saying it. Sheikh Uthameen says there's no doubt that each three of these positions has a proper clear evidence. There's no doubt about it. So then Sheikh then says something interesting, which I like. He goes, if you say istiraha, if you call it istiraha, right, the seating or the sitting of rest, you're indicating that this is not something religious. It's a sitting of rest. So where did this name come from? Is it right to call it that? Okay. Is it something, yani, you know? And he goes, that's actually the reason why some of the scholars refuse to call it Jalsatul Istiraha. Because they're saying that what you're doing is to ruin yani, the religious aspect of it. That we consider this to be a religious sitting of copying the Prophet and not just some human convenience. You're meant to do it whether you're sick or not, whether you're well or not, strong or not, young or old, you do it regardless. Okay? And therefore, that's not good enough. Sheikh Uthameen has the perfect response to this. He goes, well, that's actually incorrect in the first place. Just because you rest does not mean that you're not worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every rest that you take that improves your act of ibadah is an act of ibadah itself. Just like a person, for example, going to sleep early you know, with the intention to wake up for fajr you know, on time, is that not going to be rewarded for? That's an absurdity to think that he's not. So the wording of the, or, or calling it the word of rest does not disqualify it being an act of worship, especially when we know A, the Prophet ﷺ did it, B, he didn't do it all his life, and there's an indication that he did do it for rest, and three, most important, that the Prophet ﷺ has already made it clear that every act of ease that a person does is an act of worship in yani, in its own nature. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has said that he Yuridullah al Yusra wa la al Usra. He's the one who wants ease upon you and not uh, difficult for you. And so therefore it's a, a, a statement being called that is not something which is against, against the ibadah. What's the evidence for this sitting? A number of hadith. The first hadith is the hadith of, which is in Bukhari, the hadith of Malik ibn al-Huwayrith, the hadith of Malik ibn al-Huwayrith radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi when he would be in an odd unit of his prayer, when the Prophet ﷺ would be in the odd unit of his prayer, لم ينهض حتى يستوي قائدا. He would not get up until, until he would sit down in a position of istiwa. Until he would sit down in a position of istiwa. Mustawiyan. Now what does mustawiyan mean? What does mustawiyan mean? Istiwa. You know we were speaking about, what were we speaking about? Aqidah at the time. Two weeks ago, we were talking about aqidah. Why were we talking about aqidah for? Uh, and about Allah being high? Right. So, yeah, subhanahu rabbi al-a'la. Okay, that's good. Jazakallah khairi. About Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the most high and that being a physical reality and that is the nature, nature to make dua and to look up, etc., etc., etc. Now, when we say, of course, you know that the difference between the asha'ira and the maturidiyah and ahl sunnah. Okay, or the Imams of the Salaf when it comes to our belief about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that He's above the heavens, above His throne. Thumma stawa ala al-arsh. Thumma stawa ala al-arsh. 
he did al-istiwa ala al-arsh and you see the different tra translations they speak about he rose above he was above and you find other narrations he established himself above and he established himself on okay these are the kind of translations you see with respect to the throne okay istiwa means to go high and to settle to settle it means high but yani above or on but it's not under that's the point it's not something to do with under it's to do with on top over establishing right so when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he is al-arsh it's indicating a position of highness it's indicating a position of power and control and so on and so forth yeah but physical domination over the actual uh, item or object now when you talk about allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we can't say physical domination because you're giving him physical characteristics he doesn't need to be like that but you see that what i'm just giving you indication when you hear the word istiwa it means high and above now when you look at um the ayah of Surah Zukhruf from verse 13 to 14 in the ayah of the dua of Safar so that you make istiwa ala zuhurihi upon the camel upon the animal so once you get onto your animal and you are firmly yani positioned on your animal firmly positioned on your animal right and then you remember the blessings of your Lord. So Diani, what Allah is telling you is that, you know, when you get, I mean, back then, once you, I mean, you can imagine that you saw Yani, you know, in the camel videos, you need like six people to help you get on the flipping camel. Yeah. And you know that once you're on the camel and it's moving, you're thinking, Alhamdulillah, I didn't die my best. It was not done. Similar to like, you know, when you get into the car when it's raining, and you jump in and you slam that door and you just get back and you're thinking, you know, you know, it's a feeling, isn't it? You're relaxed. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that once you get above Yani your animal upon its back and you remember the blessing of your Lord yani once istiwa has happened so here istiwa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is indicating that you're firmly stable relaxed would you get that would you, would you agree and then you say and then the next ayah, وَإِنَّا إِلَىٰ رَبِّنَا لَمُقَلِبُونَ So the dua of Safar happens once you remember the blessing of your Lord. You know a lot of people, they just start off by saying it. No, you should get into a position where you're now properly about to start in the journey and you realize what a blessing it is that the journey has been made easier for you. As opposed to having to walk or as opposed to having to run. This is a blessing and you remember it. But the key is, ثُمَّ Alright, once you have had istiwa. And so therefore, the hadith now, let's go back to it. Malik said, that until he made istiwa qa'idan meaning that he sat down properly the prophet he would do two sajda and he would sit down so properly that you're not thinking he's getting up that's the basic point then he would then get back up so that's because he sits down so properly they're indicating that he's resting all right now they said this jilsa or this sitting he's made istiqrar He's relaxed and that is something super clear and he did that from a man who said pray like you have seen me pray so this is clearly a religious order for people to follow and when did Malik see this he saw this after the the the, the uh, wufud wufud delegations after the delegations from the various tribes had come so this is right at the end of the life of the Prophet in the ninth year of the, the, the Hijrah. 
So this is the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ that they saw this happen. Okay? So that therefore indicates that it is something which is recommended. Okay? Um, and these scholars who use this hadith, and there, by the way, there's another hadith in Bukhari as well, in the hadith of the Al-Musi fi Salatihi, the one who erred in his prayer. But the majority of the scholars of hadith considered that the part, you know the hadith of Musi fi Salatihi, what did he say? You know, the man who came and he messed up his prayer and he said, go back and pray again, go back and pray again, go back and pray again. I don't know, Ya Rasulullah, I've given up, Ya, I tried my best. You now tell me. And then he goes, when you stand, then stand. And then you say, Allah Akbar. And then you go into Ruqwa. Then yani, uh, 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 go into Ruqwa and have state of Tumatina. Then stand back up. And then be in state of Tumatina. Then go into Sajda and be in state of Tumatina. And it's a very simple hadith. In this hadith, there is one version narrated by Abu Huraira in Bukhari that indicates that he sat down before he stood back up again. Even in Bukhari. And as Ibn Hajar correctly said, that this ziyada it is da'ifa. That this increase upon the hadith is not part of the original hadith of Bukhari. So just so that you are aware, as a student of knowledge, you need to be aware of these things. And even your most established sources have a lot more to it than meets the eye. But it's the scholar's job to point that out, not anyone else's. Yep. In any case, that, and there are a number of evidences to establish this position. And as I already told you about Abdullah bin Umar and so on and so forth. Now the question is, which of these three positions are we going to follow? What about those people who said, we're not going to sit down? We're not going to sit down at all. You get straight back up. Well, they would use the hadith of Wa'il ibn Hujar radiallahu anhu that the Prophet that when he would stand up, then he would stand up by putting his hands on his knees or upon his thighs. Not sitting down at all. You know that hadith? You know what the hadith of Wa'il ibn Hujar is? Anyone? We did it three, four weeks ago. This is the hadith that yani, introduces the idea that between the sajda, you are moving your finger. See, the irony is, this is the beauty of working with hadith, we were quite quick, many of us, to consider the hadith to be weak. It's the easiest thing to deal with. Yani, you know, if you remember what we said, we said the hadith is shahad, remember? We said that it goes against all the vast majority of all the companions that we don't see any finger movement between them in the sajda. Yeah? Right now, what we're saying is that, oh, well, that's the hadith that also says you stand up. You can't have it both ways. You can't say the hadith is shaz and then we, you know, we'll use it for standing up as well. So you either take it off the table completely, or you start, yani, or you keep it on the table. In my opinion, you don't need to worry about that. It's clear that every single hadith, other than this hadith of Malik bin Huwairith, indicates that the Prophet ﷺ stood up. It doesn't need to be expressed. It's the standard position of standing up. To sit down is an extra. It's not the awesome. Does that make sense? Okay, can I tell you something amazing, folks? We are now at. Oh, no, we're not. We are at one hour and eight, which is eight minutes above our. The Mangalis have left, yes? The Mangalis have left. You heard Shazad Salim say that. Bro, come here. Come here. This is your big moment, bro. Come here. Just come here. Come here. Come here, just come here. How you doing, bro? Say something to everyone online. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Tell everybody your name, bro. Mustafiz. Mustafiz. Mustafiz, are you Bengali, bro? Alhamdulillah. Yeah, okay, alhamdulillah. Mustafiz, what kind of Bengali are you from? What, what, what kind of Bengali and where from? What kind of? Yeah. 
C'est la qui Oh, sorry, from Dakar. What, what, what do you think? Can you clean or a dirty one or something? <laughs> from right? Dakar. Okay. And where are you from in this country, bro? London. London. Where would that be from, bro? North you London. See, you, you abandoned all the people in the masjid and you came here instead. This <laughs> is Mustafiz, <laughs> who runs the LP lesson in that masjid. In that masjid, where at one hour when everybody gets up and Mustafiz begs them to stay, and he sent me the major complaint and he says, Lala, please keep it to one hour because everybody keeps walking off. So that Bengali masjid is Mustafiz's masjid, Shazad Salim. Mustafiz meets Shazad. This guy, Yanni, you see, he never looks out for you. All right. I want to say to you that Yanni, your, your peoples, yeah, they're missing out on all of the, the juice which happens after one hour. That's when the action is. That's when they're all knocked out and they Yanni, lose their minds and they start speaking Yanni, whatever. And I answer all Yanni, the, the fun stuff. It's the first hour that's full of bakwas. That's what happens after one hour. This is what happens after one hour, you see. At least she's here still. Yanni Bajari still is here. Most of you lot have got off. Mustafiz, Allah, it's a pleasure to have you here. Akramakallah, Zakallah. That's monumental legend, huh? Who's running? Yeah, so tell me what happened today in the class. That's all I want to know over there in London. What message? You know, we still have no idea what message it is. It's a very small one. Oh, don't be making our hearts break like that. <laughs> At least say East London Mosque or something. We have ego you need to protect. But that's the smallest mosque. Oh, thanks very much for that. <laughs> it's only the smallest mosque. There were three um, people in there. Um, five other, um, five other mosques. I thought that's five other people. I was like, yeah, our best is done already, don't kill us now. Go on. Alhamdulillah, one of the most active mosques. Yeah, mashallah. You heard that? You heard that, right? The most active mosques, yes. For the last five years, we're doing... Not just set up yeah, a couple of months ago. Five years, Shazada. Yeah. No, since the beginning, sorry. I was telling the other thing. For the huh. last five years, huh. we're we the mosque that we're doing Eid in the park. Okay. Eid in, are you doing Eid in the park? <laughs> yeah, we did it. Hey, do you know? Yeah, I heard. In the, yeah, it wasn't a park. That was Kingsway School. There's a difference between Kingsway School and a park. Park isn't it? Flipping, just call the Kingsway School a park. This is the kind of pendu I have to deal with. Right, go on. No, alhamdulillah, we invite all the other mosques uh, to do things as well. Did you hear that? It's not just their mosque that comes to this lesson. All the mosques in the region and London, by the way, all of London or just the... <laughs> they get invited. Edgware, okay, which is a massive area, I think. Yeah? Yeah, you know, hardly about, you know... Oh, enough of the hardly. Easy on the hardly. Yeah. Computer, you're live here. I was expecting about 100 people here when I came today. <laughs> <laughs> Three, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty, twenty-one. Did I include those? Okay, twenty-one. Twenty-two. Wait, wait, twenty-five. Thirty, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, forty, forty-one, forty-two, forty-three, forty-four, forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-nine, fifty, fifty-one.
Anyway, we made a commitment. We said we will do LP one day, inshallah, from your masjid. Yeah, we, we said it. We said it. We're going to do it. You tell those five, ten people they're the luckiest people on this planet. And on that day, you tell all of your Edgeware region messages they're banned. You invited the whole flipping of Edgeware and five people turned up. Five people. Come on, don't kill me like that. Don't kill me like that. All right, here's the score. All right, everyone's got their evidences. Everyone's got their positions. What does Sheikh Uthameen uh, say? Let's see any conclude on that. Do you want to conclude first? Do you want to take us to the end? Or do you want to, you want to break? You already know what you're going to say. So. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my team, Yanni, is not playing tonight. No, yeah, there's no team of any European integrity playing tonight. Okay? Right? It's only Man City. Right? So that's a waste of time. The, the team of European integrity, they played last week. You saw what happened. That basically happened. The team, the wannabes, Yanni, they played last night. You saw what happened. Right? So, you know what I'm saying? All right. Now, let's finish. Let's finish. Let's finish. Okay. Here's the key thing. That those that said that the Prophet ﷺ actually did not have a constant state throughout his life. This is interesting. Now, let's get serious. Now, let's finish this in five minutes. Okay? The Prophet ﷺ was not the same all the way through his life. He was young once, and then he was old. And he was weak once, and he was stronger when he was younger. We have a number of evidences that indicate that. Most of them from Aisha radiallahu anha. Hadith Sahih. When he grew, he got laham, meat. Basically, he started to fatten up. Yeah, put on weight. They used to call it laham. Right? They used to use the word laham. So they used to put on weight. The Prophet ﷺ used to race Aisha all through his life. And he indicated that, uh, uh, not, the companion said that we saw him race Aisha and Aisha won. And that was at the end of his life as he's getting older and he's getting weaker. Aisha beat him. Uh, this hadith happens in the ninth year of the Hijrah. It's just before he passes away, so it's very late. Yeah? Everything is indicating that there is a weakening of his position. Okay? Um, and so he used to take it easier more. We know that, for example, he used to. Um, we know just generally that he would like people to take the easier route, not to kill themselves. So, for example, praying all the time and fasting all the time. He criticized Abdullah ibn Amr yani for doing that. Then when there was a discussion of what to, reduce, what to reduce it to, he told him to reduce the amount he prayed at night, how many times he fasted, and so on and so forth. Uh, and he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we know that when he, when the, the, the elder that he became, he started to sit down in the night prayer. So we have hadith which indicate that in the, in the tahajjud prayer, he would pray it sitting down. And because he used to like to recite a hundred ayat for rak'ah, what he would do is that just before he comes to 100, he stands up. So he recites like, you know, for example, 1995, then he stands up and he does the five, six yani to get to 100, then he goes for ruku'ah. So as he becomes older, he starts to take things more easy, etc., etc. And so basically the idea here is that... Um, that this action was only related to age and weakness and therefore is something that you should use if you become in that position, if you come to that kind of stage. Other than, the, other than that, it's better that you don't do it. I'm summarizing, Yanni, out of, out of speed, okay? So, Sheikh Uthameen then says something interestingly from his position. He goes, as you can see, this position is something of a middle position. As you can see, it's neither here, it's neither there. 
and it combines all of the positions and this is what Ibn Qudama wanted and this is what Ibn Qayyim wanted it and that we're not going to say that it's a sunnah and we're not going to say it's not a sunnah we're going to say that both have evidences we're not going to make any yani say he's upon bid'ah he's doing it wrong or this is wrong or unacceptable etc etc and that's what we're saying we are going to say it's a sunnah fi man it's a sunnah for someone who becomes old or becomes weak okay and this is the interesting part i'm going to translate it literally what he says and I used to do this. This is Sheikh Uthameen speaking. Okay. You know, when I think about myself, I did it for about a year as well. In my first year of study, because um, Sheikh Ihlan in my first year of study was my absolute exclusive only teacher. Right? I never had another teacher other than Kehlan in the first year. After one year, then I started getting other teachers as well. For that first year, I did Jalsa to Istiraha, and I never felt comfortable doing it. Okay, I never felt comfortable doing it. Sheikh Ihlan, very, yani Ahl Hadith in his fiqh. He still does it. Still does it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he still does it, yeah. That's his position even now, right? Every day, every salah, he sees it as ta'abudi. You might say, why would he see it as ta'abudi? He says, this is the understanding of a number of the companions, and he's right, because a number of the companions, they used to do it, and if a companion does it, whilst they're still young, is indicating it's not something linked to age. So this is clearly a difference of opinion. You're either in one of the three camps. It's a sunnah to do all the time. It's a sunnah not to do ever, or uh, because the majority never did it. And I just wanted to let you know that Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti, he says that it doesn't matter if you follow what opinion, but it only makes sense. I'll accept, like the, like Yani, you know. And by the way, this as a school's position, as an official position, is only the position of Imam Shafi'i, not the position of the Shafi'i Madhab. And it's a narration from Imam Ahmed, and not the position of the Hanbali Madhab. And it's the position of the Shafi'i, the, the Hanafi Maliki school. So from a fiqh point of view, it's not held as a school position, only by individuals. And Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti says that either of the three positions, he also agrees that it should be for medical use only. And, uh, but he recognizes the hadith is there, but he makes a word of caution. He says, if a person is going to practice it, then I would say that you would not be practicing the sunnah continuously because what there is absolutely no doubt about is that the companions did not do this continuously. Otherwise, we would have reams of hadith of the companions doing it. We don't. Or we have odd occasion, odd occasion, odd occasion, which indicates it's legislated. You can do it, but it's not the standard. Is that clear? All right. Quoting Sheikh Uthameen, he goes, When I used to be Imam of the Masjid, I used to also do this, right? Sit for Jalsa to Istiraha. But then after a little while, after a long, after, sorry, after a long time of thinking and reflecting and thinking and reflecting, it became clear to me that the correct position was this middle position, that I don't actually do this. And there's no doubt to me that it is a stronger position than the position that it is a sunnah all the time. Even, and here's the key, even if I believe that from an academic, technical point of view, this is not necessarily the strongest position. You see, this is important, this part of the statement. But my myself, my opinion leans more to this, yeah, more than any other opinion, and that's why I've chosen. 
what you're being shown is that sometimes a scholar has a feeling even though it goes against the evidences he's on he's honest enough to say that the position of it being in the middle is a convenient position it's not necessarily a evidence position because we see clear hadith that he does it we see clear hadith that he doesn't we don't see clear hadith that him saying وسلم, it's for this reason for that reason which would be the clear evidence for the middle position because the evidence is not there he's making a shout he's making a jump yeah and he says i'm happy to do that even though it's not the most correct technical position because it feels right and i think that's important from sheikh uthaymin we can stop there um although the section's not stopped and you have to remind me to make sure that we don't stop there okay because who's got a pen or pencil someone's throwing me something because imagine i could have literally that's cricket by the way yeah <laughs> say mashallah right so um i've stopped at a position even though there's some interesting stuff now coming for example he says what happens if your imam does it what should you do what if your imam doesn't do it what should you do what if man yani, sits down for tashahud yani, completely forgetting there's not time for tashahud and then realizes I'm gonna get up trying to blag it and don't say that you've not been there before <laughs> so there's lots of stuff but I can see people are a bit tired and obviously we've got the huh? well you know what that's what I wrote down as my response but uh, you know is that good enough yeah, any response okay let's do questions folks go down go down to the uh, go down to the uh, bottom Lala. and then we'll start off uh, uh, here okay well let's start off with the thingy here in class first Come down, come down. Oops, what was that? That's your microphone that's just been killed. Yeah, go on, Mustafa's gone. So when you, when you get up, are you allowed to hold on to something because of your health? This is a good question. If you're sitting in Salah, are you allowed to stand up yani, by holding onto a seat, etc., etc.? I think that's allowed yani, if it's there, if it's close, and it's not yani, you know, changing the system and making people look like whatever and on the odd occasion but if a person is definitely needing to do that all the time he might consider having to sit down he might have to consider yani sitting down okay come down alaka yeah you see i know where you're hiding okay you think you're very clever right my eyes are so quick that they work quicker than your flipping mouse yeah yeah three times you notice yeah three times he's gone up and down and he keeps trying to jump over the questions that do his bestie yeah <laughs> right so now slowly slowly right that's it come down yeah there we go i'm curious raheel says <laughs> i've been part of this class since the beginning i'm still not sure how many shazads there are is there a difference between brother shazad who gets yelled at yelled at <laughs> and dr shazad who showed up after two weeks this is Dr. Shazad, who makes a guest yani, appearance every, weeks. every couple of well, let's just behave here. You'd have been away for months. Okay? That's Dr. Shazad, who is a real doctor. Actually, you know what? No, he's not, is he? Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's not a real doctor. That is Dr. Shazad's psychiatrist, which yani, you know there's no real doctors because there's no real such thing as mental illness at all, whatsoever. It's all fake everywhere. So the doctors are all quacks and fakes and they just charge money and they fool everyone else, right? So he's not a real doctor at all. But at some point in his life, he probably did an MBBS. Hold on, do psychiatrists need MBBS? Psychiatrists go to medical school. Psychologists don't. Psychiatrists make everyone believe they do. <laughs> mm. 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 
Right, okay. That is... Oh, don't tell me my moment of greatness is about to be killed. Yes, we made it. That is the Pandu Shazad. Okay? You can't even see live thingy. That's Brother Shazad. Now, let's get it right now. Dentists. Remind me what happens to dentists, what they're called again? Are they misters? Doctors. They're not doctors. Don't you dare call him a doctor. They like to think they're doctors. Right? He's, he, you know, he's a, he's a mister. I'm sure he's a mister. Are you a mister, Shaz? Be honest. I know you're MBBS, B-E-M-M-S, whatever, the lover of the queen and the tea party and all the rest of it. Yeah? But, uh, so that's Shazad Salim, who, by the way, listen, what, what lesson did we, we ascertain that I don't yell at him at all and he's the one who messes everything up? Because everyone thinks that he gets picked on. I just want you to see, look at the kind of life he lives. Look, look at his, I just want you to just indicate. Look at the box of chocolate. Yeah, exactly. Just show us the box, yeah? Then he sits there against the wall, yeah? Yeah, there's one box of chocolates to the left, one box of chocolates to the right, okay? He's sitting there against the wall, comfortable, relaxed. Yani, uh, tables, everything is like that. So this is, that's Dr. Shazad, that's the other Dr. Shazad. That's the real Shazad. Everybody now knows that I am the innocent party in all of this zulm. <laughs> right. Okay, yalla. Quickly, Shazad Salim. Yes. Right. Applied fiqh. Gandhar, there we go. See? You thought I was taking a mic. Islamabad Ganda Airport. Gandhar Airport. What does that even mean? What does it mean? Oh my God, Dr. Abid doesn't even know what it means. You know when Dr. Abid doesn't know what it means and it's all over. By the way, guess what, Lala? Today is a historic day. Do you guys know what a historic day is? What's historic? You know what's historic about this lesson? Like a world first. No? No, I mean like this is as unique as it comes in seven years. What do you think? Like, tell me one thing that's happened in this class that has never happened in history. Your baji's right here, mate. My missus is sitting right there, Lala. Yeah, bro. Missus said, missus said, that is it. Today, the sweets are being given out and I'm not missing out. Oh, there's some other thing going on I don't know. It sounds very suspicious, Doc. Zaf, tell me what's going on, Lala. I think something's going on. I don't know. But she's come to keep an eye. I don't know what she was thinking that happened. <laughs> Baji, if you want some sweets, don't worry. Don't get upset. <coughs> Which one? Did? Chocolate, not sweets. You wish, mate. There we go. We'll keep those. About flipping. I'll show who wears the trousers in the house. Do you understand what I'm saying? I wear the trousers. I don't get told, Yanni, about do I want chocolates or sweets. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Lala, the chief is in the house. When my chief is in front of me, I'll say what I want to the missus. Now when the chief goes, yeah, that's something else.
That's the difference, bro. That's the difference. That's the difference. So your budget is in the, in the thingy. Mrs. is in the house. I've got no idea why. But I hope that she's enjoyed it. Right. Now, what's the next question? Sheikh Adedo mentioning the, mentioned the point of putting a bit of force on the jubha. Yeah, we spoke about that. Um, uh, uh, yeah, carry on, carry on, carry on. Okay, carry on, carry on, carry on. Right, what does the word muwatta mean? The word muwatta is indicated as some of the scholars, they had differences, uh, uh, differences amongst them what they actually meant, but some said it's the trodden path, yani that which is well established, that is which was abused a lot. Yep, come on, come on. Okay, just to clarify, Ibn Hajj is saying the one version of the hadith, the one that heard in his salah, collected by Imam Bukhari, no, always. I said the ziyadah by Abu Huraira in that hadith is weak. Okay? Open this up. We've got kids here. We've got kids. At least, yani, might will get some sweets out of it yani, coming to the masjid, isn't it? You know what I mean? Make sure they get double and triple. Yes, bro. Uh, hold, hold. Sorry. We have a hadith In, in actual fact, the exact opposite, not just wasn't unusual, it is the asl. Right. There is absolutely no doubt that the base position of the prayer is with the shoes on. And that shoes off requires a reason. Does that make sense? Shoes off requires a reason. Or should be indicated by something, yani, you know, so being a, a, a carpet masjid is a reason. Najasa, which is the hadith you're referring to, is a reason. Otherwise, the asal is that they're on. So how are you going to stand up in the way you just described? Or how are you going to sit in the way you just described? When you've got footwear, even if it's just a slipper, it changes the force to be flat up. No, because... Absolutely it does. It does depend. The question is a really good one is that if these shoes are on most of the time, how does it, how does it affect the hadith that talk about feet position and so on and so forth? Tawarruk, it doesn't affect at all. Okay? Because the feet will come under. Ika'a itself is not affected because when I'm outside praying in my shoes, I almost exclusively pray with Ika'a. Yani praying like that. Yeah. Yeah. But your toes are inside and the floor is the, the, the floor of the shoe. Because it couldn't be anything else, right? Your, your, your toe of the shoe needs to be in contact. It's a, it's the, it, basically, it's like a sock. Yes. Well, it doesn't bend in the same way. It doesn't bend as much. But then the argument could be that if you're on a, a really memory foam kind of surface and you would have a solid surface but your toes still aren't bending as much meaning it's okay as long as your attempt you can't physically bend your toes anymore well yeah this is the idea is that yani, yani, what you're saying is that if my toes can't be bent as like I would barefoot compared to in a shoe should I take the shoe off answer no and similarly when you get up yep unless it's a particularly flexible shoe you are going to get up a bit weird with the shoes on yes that is good. That is a good point. Although not if they're slippers. No, no. That's not to do with the toughness. That's to do with the top part and bottom part. Something which is... Because I know exactly what you're referring to. Because when you've got shoes, it's actually difficult to get up without the top part of the shoe restricting your getting up part. But if you do the same in a slipper, you don't see that restriction. 
Meaning it's not the bottom part which is the issue, it's the top part which is the issue. So they had very few, they, there was no concept of shoes actually, you know, proper, right? Mostly it's a na'al. And a na'al really genuinely is nothing more than a string on top and just a surface under, under the bottom. So it's a very good point and the answer is effectively their shoes didn't affect any of their seating positions on the whole. Yes. You are getting up weird, but not, but, but no, no, you shouldn't. I, 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 your point is a very good one and a practical one, and no, you shouldn't. Yani, if a person is following the sunnah of praying in their shoes because they're outside, they should not take them off because they're not able to get up as smooth as they would if they were barefooted. <coughs> That's my answer to the question. Because what you've done is not not follow the sunnah you followed the sunnah perfectly there's absolutely nothing even in you getting up in a weird way or whatever no 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 it's an excellent question that so uh, if the imam does jalsa we're going to cover that next week in the night prayer was the prophet's intention while standing for the last five or six verses in order to make the report standing yes that is the reason he stood up if so would us using a chair be better for us in this case not necessarily better but it's allowed for you if you're praying a nafal prayer to sit on a chair as opposed to sitting on the floor okay no dentists are not doctors i don't care what you say um if the imam during dhuhr or asr you know who ayaz is by the way amazing well done she's actually the one guy who's defending you you don't even know who he is ayaz and he was with us in umrah american yeah okay yeah <laughs> You see that? He's a hater. He hates people. Why? And everyone makes it out that I'm the hater. Isn't it? Said, as you said, well, there's just one name. There's no surname there. Allah. <laughs> Everybody here has no idea what Shazad just said. You know why? Because none of you took the lesson. Okay, you two did. Because you are stuffing your face full of fat twins. Right? Sitting at... Yeah. Whatever. Just eat. You know, by the way, you lot don't attend the lesson. And neither would they accept that they know that there's a food party involved somewhere. <laughs> so they're all five, ten of them, they get involved down here someplace, and they, they all send a picture in. And they've got overall sitting there, and they're stuffing their faces, and they say, oh yeah, I know what you did last week. Yeah, I'll ask a question in a minute, okay? That's why there's no comments at the beginning part when they're eating. And once they're all finished, then they start writing. Yeah, yeah, we're here, we're here. Yeah, 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 exactly. When you get warned by Wadad, you say, yeah, you've been caught. You've been caught. Yeah, of course, because you don't wrap it. And we know how those kind of stories. We've been there. Oh, we finished it. Yeah, okay then. If the Imam during Dhuhr Asr mistakenly begins reciting out loud, then realizes what they're doing and stops, do they, do, do they have to do a sajda to sahu? The answer is no. And there's no candy distributed while in England. Behave yourself. Sumera says, just yeah, yes, that's correct. Sumera was listening, always wasn't. Sumera says, psychiatry is definitely more interesting than dentistry. I definitely agree with that. Definitely. 100% I agree. She said, it's the most boring. I'm the one who made it give my character. Otherwise, before then, boring assault. Later on, Jad. Later on. All right. Last week, we limited the du'as to sajda and tashahud. How can we then elongate the ruku'ah between sajda and after ruku'ah, especially in tahajjud, like the Prophet No, no, I didn't limit the du'a to sajda. I, lim I said that, that ruku'ah and sajda as well. Ruku'ah is definitely part of du'a. Might not have mentioned it, but I mentioned it before. Okay, that's fine. He's answered that question. Everything alright? We're done. Are we done, folks? Anything online here? Anything on site? Uh, uh, fitna in Manchester, March 22nd. So we still got a month left for that. 
Anything else interesting? Aqsa I think is done, complete. Hajj I think is done. No, no, Hajj is not done. There's some places left in Hajj. Are we going anywhere else? Are we doing anything? April, April Umrah, there's about 10 places, something like that. Where else? Any other announcements? Events? Classes? Hour change, there's still some hours left for that. Anything else? No, that's it. Zakamullah khair. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfirullahumma wa atubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How did you mess up the recording here then?